0: I am Chris Rex, and for the last nine years, I have been traveling up and down the roads as an independent professional wrestler. I have had the opportunity to train, work with, and share locker rooms with some of the best to ever step foot inside the squared circle. My co-host is Alex Alcazaz, aka the Bear of Texas, a journalist born outside of Lyon, France. He moved to the United States at the age of four, and his love of sports is what led him to become a sports writer. And with seven years under his belt already, the sky is the limit for this young Texan. Together, we mix my knowledge and professional experience with his research and sports journalism to bring you a unique view on Vice TV's hit series, Dark Side of the Ring. This is Dark Side of the Podcast.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I am the Bear of Texas, and I'm speaking to Chris Rex. We're going to talk about the Dark Side Wrestling episode, of The Montreal Screwjob. And Chris, The Montreal Screwjob, well, that's definitely one of the biggest stories in uh, in professional history. And at first, you know, when I first heard about it, I thought maybe, yeah, it's probably just a, it was probably just a work that went completely wrong, this and that. But over the years, I thought, no, this was actually a legitimate incident.
0: This is actually like, I was around for this. You know, I was seven years old when this happened the month, yeah, I was seven years old. So it's like I was. That's something I can actually say. You know, I I, I watched that live. I've seen that before my eyes, and that's a whole different experience than, like you said, like then researching old things that you weren't or maybe around for or you didn't watch. It hits you, and you're like, "What the hell just happened?" He's writing WCW. What?
1: <laughs> I mean, you saw it live. Is that correct? On pay per view, yeah. So you, I mean, I would ask, like, what? as soon as, you know, Shawn Michaels put Bret Hart in the sharpshooter and then um, Earl Hebner looks and then immediately turns around and says, ring the bell, and then does this hand gesture with his hand then runs out of the ring. That's, I mean, that's when immediately you're like, what the hell just happened? Because because immediately Bret got up and looked at Vince and spat on him. That's when he sounds like, yeah, something, something really, something bad just happened. And, and this, this is going to change history forever.
0: Like, as a, as a fan who, you know, at that time, you know, I didn't know what dirt cheats were. I didn't know um, necessarily that uh, wrestling was, uh, I don't want to say fake, you know, but I always had an idea. But for this, you know, it, for me, like watching it as a naive young fan who didn't know the insides, you know, uh, it, it was like, it was just breathtaking, man. It was like, he just beat Bret Hart with his with his own move. And like you're like yeah, okay this where are they gonna go from here and then Bret Hart is doing you know doing the WCW symbol after it's done and he's throwing things around I'm like okay I've seen Bret throw the monitors and get pissed off at Vince McMahon before he just spit in Vince's face you know like as all this is happening you're like is this real is the, or like you said is this real or is this a work is this is this part of the story are they gonna go through but there's a point when in the beginning of the match when they're making their entrances i think it's jim ross he says uh this could be the very last time we see these two in a wwf ring and I, like that really like as a kid like again i didn't know Brett's contract was up uh, you know i didn't uh, i didn't know that stuff so for when that when he said they kind of wait what what do you mean This could be the last time
1: when you're a kid i mean you don't know you don't know all these things about the business i mean you were just—you were just—you—you're you, just a wrestling fan that you know you just tune in weekly and you see what's going on. You don't—you don't follow the stories, you know, the same way adult wrestling fans do. But, but this feud—I mean, it wasn't just in the ring. I mean, it was beyond the limits of the ring. Like, we all know the story about uh, the confrontation that Brett and Shawn Michaels had in the back. It—it uh, re, it resulted in uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, came to Vince's office with a chunk full of hair. He slammed it on the table and said, "Brett did this to me. This is not a a safe work environment." HBK was pissed off. Obviously. And, and, and I think they got in that confrontation because I, I think it was when HBK accused Bret Hart of having some sort of affair. I mean, I know this is part of the whole, whole feud, but but HBK and Bret, it wasn't just in the ring. I mean, it, it was it was a legitimate personal antenna between the two.
0: Yeah, it was. It was it was kind of when when uh, art imitates life, you know, it's like here they are in this story. And now like those promos were real. They were going they were digging at each other. Uh, when Shawn Michaels said, "Um, we know Bret Hart's had some sunny days." Yeah, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like Bret Hart's a married man. Like he's that that role model. You know, he's that superhero. He can't do no. And wait, he's cheating on his wife. And what? What? Like, so it kind of yeah, it was definitely real. Like that. That was, and I think that's why the feud worked so well is because it was so much realism put into it.
1: Yeah, exactly, and. Hbk. I mean, there was also I think with, with a pay dispute and, and these sort of contracts and the kind of liberty and these these strategies and these advantages that one had on each other. I mean, both guys felt like they were really better than each other. Like you know, I should be getting this, not him. I should be this, not him. And it was also well, about- it's like
0: when you have two guys who they kind of had the same career paths. If you watch any of the um, specials on the network or any of the documentaries or the DVDs, you see they always say how they had the kind of similar start then they came into wwe and they were both tag team wrestlers and then they broke out of that they both won the intercontinental title and they started wrestling each other so it's kind of like you have that with this guy and now you're both kind of the top guys yeah there can't be two top guys you know (laughs) you know it's there there can only be one that's the best yeah and it creates that competition and that's i think with any sport is if you're you're the the most popular guy. You're the you're the top guy. Everyone's saying you're the best, and then there's another guy that's on that same level. You're always going to be in competition with them. There's always going to be rivalries because neither is satisfied with being second.
1: Exactly, and uh, I mean some people say it's because it's both men had an ego. I mean, I mean that might be true. I mean, I can't I can't say they did because you know I was not but, there. I don't know them personally. I can't you know call them egomaniacs. I don't know. Sean
0: Michaels himself has opened up and said, "Around that, time, he he had a big ego. Yeah. He had a bad attitude. He did what he did. You know, he he doesn't blame anyone for himself, but he he did kind of have that that he he did have a big ego. But then again, he can also back it up and say. And I kind of think with Brett, the same thing is he his he, he was kind of more humble about it. But I'm the best there is, best there was, and best there ever will be. He believed that." Like he believed that. So at the same time, Brett had his, had an ego too.
1: I mean, when you're a very popular wrestler, I mean, you you sell you sell T-shirts, action figures. I mean, you're making a killing on royalties. I mean, appearances. It's obviously that you're you know, it's obvious your ego is going to grow. I mean, I mean, cause
0: it's it, just it's just how 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 the human mind works. It's the ego. Exactly. It, it gets the ego gets stroked. And you become more popular, more successful. And it's, a, but I did. You have to be able to balance that, you know. And I don't think either guy, um, you know, uh, was able to to balance that. And that's really where it where it's something is. I want to be number one. I want to be the best. I want the highest pay. I want the title. I want that main event spot.
1: Exactly. And you know, and like you said, there can only be, there can only be one top guy. And it was really hard for Vince to have to deal with those two because they're really like. It's like you know, having you know, being a father, two sons, and the sons always fighting. You know, I want this, I want that. You know, it's hard. I mean, and uh, those are. T- I mean, the whole thing with 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 the Survivor Series. I mean, at first, uh, from the story is, um, WWF was going through some uh, financial difficulties, and I, I th- and it was during that, uh, during that time, Bret Hart had signed like a twenty a year deal with the the company that would pay him uh, a a good amount each year, and once he retired as a wrestler, the deal w- would secure him a spot in management but after a while you know the the WWF uh the WWE at the time was the, was was the WWF they they were starting to go through some financial difficulties and uh it came to the point where Vince told Brett look I I can't we can't do this contract anymore so you should talk to WCW and I think Bret Hart understood so he did so uh so he signs a he signs a 3 year deal with WCW um and then I'm not sure what happened. So anyway, so now the question is: Bret Hart's the champion. He had beat—I think that year he beat the Undertaker. I think it was at SummerSlam or something like that. He's the champion, and and now Vince McMahon is is worried about one thing, folks: that Bret Hart would leave the company with the title and then probably go to WCW and then like do something that would ridicule and embarrass the WWE.
0: So. And right, and rightfully so, Vince McMahon should have had those those feelings because it happened. It did happen mm-hmm. to him. Medusa. It did exactly with the women's title so you kind of have to understand like um there is a risk there and they're in the middle of a of a a television ratings war with this other company and you know eric bischoff is he's gonna look for anything to trash wwe and give his ratings a boost so by getting their title like you have to protect that you have to protect that
1: so Now, Brett, uh, there's a lot of things we don't know. Like, like Vince McMahon was trying to convince Brett to drop the belt to Shawn Michaels, but Brett, I guess, didn't want to. I mean,
0: that was the thing. It was um, the basis of it was a conversation where uh, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart said, "You know, I would, I'd always, you know, be willing to, you know, drop the belt." The belt, and he and Shawn Michaels said something along the lines of, um, "I appreciate that you would do that for me, but I'm not willing to do the same for you."
1: Because it was clear. Uh, I mean, brett, I mean, Shawn Michaels did not like Brett. He didn't. He didn't trust him because he felt, because you know after the hair pulling incident. I mean, HBK. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if HBK felt like I can't wait for brett to get the hell out of here. But I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of things we don't know. But but yeah, you're right. I mean, HBK did say that. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't.
0: And I, and that's where the 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 problem lied was he wasn't willing to do this for me. So why am I going to do this for him now? I and all, and it's I'm going to look at it from all angles here. From Bret Hart, it's like um, all he had to do was tell, you know, tell me, um, yeah, I, I was willing to put him over, you know, like that's that's what he was looking for. So,
1: so all Bret Hart wanted was was a thank you. That's that's it.
0: Pretty much, I a, mean, thank yeah. you, and you
1: know, I appreciate that, and, th- and 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 you know, and and a sense of a reconciliation. But HBK just yeah. didn't feel that way. I mean HBK, you know, he 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 was still upset. He he felt like he, he maybe he I mean I don't know if I'm right for say this. Maybe maybe he felt that Brett was holding him back or I mean there's a, like I said there's a lot of things we don't know. I mean between the tensions between the two but like I
0: said at the end of the day it's there can't be two of the best. You know, it, it can't be they, that's why it's not called the best. It's called the best. Exactly. One, you know, so and that's always going to be the, the the underlying issue, and then when when you're working with someone and they're like, I'm not willing to put you over, no matter how much you're willing to do it for me, you kind of start thinking, okay, well maybe I'm not going to put this guy over.
1: Exactly, and, and you know, H H. Keep in mind, folks. H B K was the heel of the timeline. Now, as Chris mentioned, yeah, there, there can't be two top guys. Like people will say, well, there's a top good. No, there there is two top guys. There's you know, there's the baby face and there, there's the heel. I'm like. I mean, in retrospective, yeah, there, there, there is, champion, but there's
0: only there, one WWF yeah, champion at exactly. time, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, popularity, I guess there's there's a the top two in popularity, but as far as, you know, having the belt put on you, there's only one guy can have it. Now, HBK, he, during that time, he built a, a, a real reputation of being a heel, I mean, uh, we all, I mean, I, I don't remember seeing this on TV, I've seen pictures and I've seen the videos on YouTube, like, when he put the flag, he put the Canadian flag, like, he, like, stuck it up his nose. Yeah. And then and then he would, like... And then at Survivor Series, you know, he took it... I think he took it from a fan and he got the ring. He rubbed... Uh, he kind
0: he, of wiped he, it on his butt. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and then he, like, put it down then humped it. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, HBK, you know, he wanted to draw heat in Canada because, you know, Bret Hart's Canadian, so... And, and, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but, but but it's been said that Bret Hart actually suggested that HBK do those things just to draw the heat, but, but as far as desecrating I'm America...
0: Sure. Like, I'm sure it wasn't... When it came down to doing TV and and, and building this food, I'm sure you know, like they they gave each other, right you know what I mean, because at the end of the day, you still have to work with the guy.
1: Yeah, it's just you know, desecrating it's, the flag is probably something I would not want to do. It's I mean, it's going too far, you know.
0: It's heat, man. I I think it, uh, it, it. it's a show. When yeah. you're there at a wrestling show, you know you're paying to see entertainment. You watch a movie. Are 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 you? Oh, the bad guy did that. Yeah, good. He made you mad. That's his job. That's his job, exactly. You Respect your country. <laughs> that is job. Exactly. You know it. So to say, you know, I don't think like it, things like that is, is is too sensitive. It's people do work in the world, and, and no one gets mad. So
1: see, and the reason so, why I mentioned HBK being the heel is because the whole the, the the final result of the screw job is what actually built the infamous well, Mister McMahon character that we know.
0: Uh, I, I wouldn't say – see, it all – this whole thing with it a face heel, it, it's kind of a, a weird one because in America, Bret Hart was the heel.
1: Exactly. In
0: Canada, Shawn Michaels was the heel. Yeah, it was a USA so- versus
1: Canada scenario.
0: Exactly. So it's kind of like – if, if it, it was more like uh, – exactly like i saying, US versus Canada. Right, if you're American, if if you lived in the United States – you 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 are on Shawn Michaels' side because here's this guy disrespecting my country. If you're in Canada, you're on Bret Hart's side because that's your hometown hero.
1: I mean, uh, so it is. So we get to the day uh, on the day of Survivor Series. It's in Montreal. Um, so uh, as we uh, what we know is uh, apparently Bret Hart was you know, Vince came up to Bret and said the match is going to be a disqualification. Uh, didn't say how, but but anyway, but. From all these like other stories, like uh, apparently like uh, Vince HBK and then uh Pat Patterson, who I believe I, I believe at the time he was I don't care, I don't know what he I mean he was more than just a backstage I mean backstageing he had a he, he had a role with 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 creativity oh, yeah. with, was, with creative was,
0: control. Uh, Pat Patterson was in charge of the finishes.
1: Exactly an yes, and then if you see the wrestling documentary uh Wrestling with Shadows. There's a clip of uh, Brett and uh, Pat discussing the match, and then Brett says, "You know, we should just end the match you know, with a disqualification because of because of a uh, brawling." Like DX gets involved, and then uh, Owen and then the British Bulldog, get, and then Jim Nighthart, I think, also get involved.
0: But but oh, uh, the the whole lead up to that is, and, and I'm sorry, I cut you off when you were in the middle of saying this. But um, they tried to work ways around the match. They did, you know, they tried to work different other options and the whole thing was he did not want to lose it in canada which this is where i can't say i agree with um Bret Hart because i hate saying this but i'm gonna say it it wasn't real like i mean you're yes you're the champion but at the end of the day it's you're entertaining like so it doesn't really matter where you win or lose it doesn't so i can't really i can't really feel bad for for uh, Brett and saying, and oh, um, I didn't want to lose in Canada. Who cares? So Shawn Michaels has lost to you in the United States before. See, so he can't lose in the USA then. You know, if back. that's the logic, if you want to use that logic, then okay, Brett Hart cannot beat HBK or anybody from the United States then. See, in the United States.
1: And that reminds me, you remember when you mentioned when HBK said, I'm not willing to do the same thing to you? Perhaps Brett Hart was feeling the same way. You lost to me in the United States, but I'm not going to lose to you in Canada. Does that make You know what I mean?
0: I mean, yeah, but <clears throat> who who's signing your check? Vince McMahon. That's who you listen
1: to. Exactly, and, and it seems like Brad Bre- Bre- Hart it's, wasn't it's, listening to it's, him.
0: that's yeah. always been a tradition in wrestling, you leave the company, you go out the right way. Or they say you go out the way you came in. Exactly. I mean, and it, I, if I'm sure, like it, it was. It was. I think it was more about, um, it was more about like, okay, we have to do, we have to do something because this is just like you can't leave and be champ. You can't.
1: No, it's like, just not like just, that.
0: And for Bret Hart to be someone about tradition, I don't. You know that makes me think like, okay, if you care about tradition that much, then you would respect the tradition of regardless of what the hell's going on, you don't have to deal with anymore. You're out. You're gone the next day. So what does all of this BS matter to you then? Because someone told you that you have to lose? Ooh. I I just think Bret Hart took everything too... took pro wrestling too seriously.
1: Do you believe he was being stubborn too?
0: He was definitely being stubborn, and he believed... You know, and like his ego. He believed in his own ego. He was his biggest fan. You know, like he truly believed in his gimmick and that he was bigger than he was. And it's like it's like that's that's where delusion starts happening. It's like you have to be able to separate Bret Hart the character from Bret Hart the man. Exactly. Bret Hart. Bret Hart the man is about to go join a new company. Okay. Bret Hart the man cannot think. Oh, what would Bret Hart the character do? Because it doesn't matter. Bret Hart the character is leaving. You know, like you're leaving the next day. That is the end of your contract. You're out. So all that BS, all that beef you had with Shawn Michaels and all the, it no longer matters. You're leaving. You're leaving that behind. Leave that in the past. Go out, lose, do what they tell you to do, and then go have a happy life.
1: Exactly. And and you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, honestly, look, you're right. I mean, look, I get it. You know, you're not really losing the belt. I mean, it's a scripted loss. I mean, they, you, you, you're you just, it's called, okay, when a wrestler he loses the belt. He, it, he didn't,
0: didn't really win the belt, yeah. and, he didn't, and he wasn't really going to lose the belt, you know?
1: That's why the term is, he, a wrestler doesn't lose the belt, folks. He drops the belt. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean it's, uh, people don't understand, like, what do you mean he dropped him? Like, it, it, if you're a wrestling fan, I mean, only wrestling fans can understand it, but... It it really doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm a fan of, I mean, I I didn't watch, unfortunately, I didn't watch Bret Hart during his prime because, you know, I, I mean, I was a very little kid during the final years of his career. I mean, I didn't watch the early 90s, but Bret Hart was obviously, he's great. It, obviously, yeah, he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers, but the way the whole thing ended, I mean, it wasn't just bad on Vince. I mean, it was bad for everybody, but everybody deserves a chunk of the blame. I mean, Vince couldn't oh, yeah. figure out what to do. Bret Hart was unwilling to do this. HBK was just, you know, doing this, you know, causing problems. I mean, the bottom line is everybody deserves the blame. So now we get to the match. So Bret Hart to- is told, you know, he it's going to be a disqualification, and HBK, you know, this and that. But obviously HBK he's not going to say anything. Now this is a story. Um, now th- this is really interesting. So uh, Earl, um, Earl Hebner gets on the plane, and then I think th- it shows that a uh, a flight attendant came up to him and said that you haven't seen first class. But he says, but I didn't buy a ticket. He says, oh, Bret Hart bought it for you. So then they have a meeting, and then they say, you know, you know and Brett, Brett says, you know, Earl's one of my best friends. I trust him, and then Earl swears on his children that he won't betray him. So and yeah. and, and now it, and then we get to the point right before the match. I think it's like an hour, like somewhere, like about an hour or close to around the match. I think uh, Earl uh, mentioned it was either I think it was Gerald Briscoe who pulled him aside and said who told him what, what was going to happen, and Earl Campbell. I mean, not Earl Campbell, <laughs> Earl Hebner. <laughs> Earl Hebner. Uh, was literally, I mean, his hands were tied. Like, I either do as I'm told and I keep my job, or I literally give Vince the finger and I get fired. And my career, my refereeing career is likely over.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, he was, I, I feel for, like, I really feel for Earl Hebner because his friend, you know, just, just asked him, you know, listen, am I getting fucked? And if I do, make please just make sure I'm not getting fucked and it's not by you, you know. And he's like, no, I, I can't. He had... One, he can't let Bret Hart know because at the same time, is Bret Hart going to take care of Earl Hebner? Is WCW going to hire Earl Hebner? Maybe, but uh, is there a, is that a guarantee? No. Is nope, anything not. if if he does not do his job, is there anything right then and there he has backed up for him? No. So you have to do what's best for you and your family, and it that's keep your mouth shut. And unfortunately, he screwed. He had to screw one of his friends to do it, to but he had to keep his his life and in and, and uh. You know, he had to keep his his family uh, financially secured.
1: That's why uh, uh, wrestling American fans do not have a grudge against Earl, Earl uh, Edmard because they knew this. We understand the situation he was in. I mean, in Canada, obviously, I mean, Canadian fans, it's a different story. I mean, they don't like him because if you've seen those shows uh, post the Montreal Screwjob, I mean, every time he's in Canada and he's refereeing the match, you can hear the crowd, like, sc- chanting, you know, you screwed bread, you know, you did this, did that. Even his son, Brian, uh, got to say, that, like, the Canadian fans would chant, your dad screwed Brett. I mean, but yeah. I under- I understand like Earl did what he had to do for his family. I mean, it's it sucks. I mean, it sucks that he had to he had to stab his best friend in the back. But when but to, I mean that when is when the, have a family. At, at
0: the essence of it, that is the nature of human being. When it comes down to it, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, it it, 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 it it's okay. It's always going to be you or me. You know, we, we yes we have friends, we have relationships, we have. But if you throw every, all materialistic things out the way, you throw – at the end of the day, when it comes down to survival, it's do I survive or do I die and let you survive? You know, it's a hard position to be in, and you have to decide oh, at the end of the day, that's when you really think, what is best for me? Mm-hmm. You know? And it may sound selfish, but that is, is the nature of all animals.
1: I mean, like I mentioned, he has, he has a family to take care of. He has – he needs something guaranteed so he can provide for his family. If he had a guarantee from Bret Hart, then I think it would have gone a different way. That's why I feel... I mean, I feel really, really bad for Earl. I mean, I'm sure he... I mean, it still hurts him today. But Earl was put in a position to where, like, whatever he did, there would be consequences. But he did what what had to be done because he was thinking... At the end of the day, he was thinking about his family. So he did... And he needed a job to, 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 to feed them. So he did what he had to do. And, and, and what's really... Like hard too is he was told all this like I th- I think it was like I think the duckman said it like it was like twenty minutes before the match so I was like right before the match started this and that so he he couldn't even he, he didn't have time to think I mean I mean obviously this what is it what is it to think I mean think of your family that's it but but really Earl was it's like literally you know uh, uh, last second a, a gun slowly pointed to his head is he gonna make the right decision and you know, is he gonna kill his career whatever so. That's why, as soon as he said, you know, he did the single ring the bell. He did that thing with his hand, like it's a hand. It's a signal that means like f this, whatever. And then he just ran out, ran, ran away, because his twin brother, as he said, yeah, his twin brother was waiting in the car. Yeah, like, right before he the did, match. You
0: didn't know what Bret Hart would would have done to yeah, him. Yeah,
1: he told because yeah, right before the match, he told his twin brother, you know, pack our bags, just wait in the car, right? And then, then he they ran away, and then, and then you know, he puts in this, and, and then you know, he breaks the sharpshooter. The the HBK's music starts playing, and then. Bret Hart yeah. looks confused and then HBK does too but I mean people say HBK was just faking it because you know he's, he's in well, on it
0: well he admitted he did he he, he was faking it yeah. he knew from step one and it was actually um I'm not I'm not sure how true this is but um I did hear that it was actually Triple H who came up with the idea exactly for the screw job
1: because quote to quote Triple H he said screw Bret if he doesn't want to do business then
0: we'll do business for him
1: yeah yeah exactly and that, have you seen the, the documentary Wrestling with Shadows, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, and then so after the match, you know, after they finally, you know, Bret Hart, you know, bro WCW, uh, smashed the equipment, whatever. Uh, the British Bulldog, and then Owen Hart, and I think Jim Jim Neidhart was also there. They calmed him down, they brought him backstage. Um, Bret goes to the locker room, talks to Shawn, who swears, you know, he had nothing to do with it. Uh, and then you see uh, Bret Hart's wife at the time, uh, heard it, it was uh, Julie, I think her name was. Uh, she, yeah. Triple H is back there he's like Triple H is kind of looking down you know whatever and then Julie's like berating him you know he's telling her I, I had nothing to do with it and she's like oh don't give me that shit you, you knew about yes. it and then and then Owen Hart like you know Owen Hart like escorts her away and then and then, and then and then and then we see a clip of Vince McMahon limping and he has like a black guy and then we learn that Vince went to the locker room because after that Vince locked himself in, the, in, in his office um, and then the Undertaker you know we all know the story Undertaker you know Knocked on the door and then told Vince, you know, you, you go apologize to Brett now. Yeah,
0: you go talk this out and then be a man, no matter what happens. You,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. Undertaker was that locker room leader that if something went wrong, you, Undertaker was the judge and the jury, you know, and if he told you like, listen, you're gonna go and do that, and I mean, even though he's not Vince's boss, I mean, Vince knew that he had to say he had to like, you gotta feel guilty, even though you feel you're right in your decision. Sometimes our right decisions still make us feel guilty. I mean, you know, Undertaker because, well, was one of those at,
1: guys Vince couldn't afford to lose, so Vince just had to uh, comply.
0: Yeah, and Undertaker was not happy with the situation either because I mean, he I was. Wouldn't, I with wouldn't be either, Bret
1: Hart. I mean, Mick Foley this was, was more, unhappy too. We all know the yeah. story. Mick Foley protested, but he went home for a day, but he had to come back because of the contractual uh, obligations. But anyway, so Vince goes in the locker room and and Bret Hart tells him, "You know, get out." Bret Hart's shower. Well,
0: it, was, it was in the shower. Yeah, yeah in the shower. And,
1: but Vince didn't do it. So Bret Hart, I think, told him one more time, if you don't get out I'm gonna punch you in the face. And and Vince, you know, obviously still didn't do it. So uh, so he said that, you know, he picks him up and then he drills him right in the face and then he falls. And then, and that was it. Like he just he got his punch and then and then that was it. Like didn't didn't I care. Think,
0: I think, you know, Vin, Vince knew that was coming and yeah. that's why he stayed. He felt, you know, at least let me give Brett this the, the 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 satisfaction of that uh, of punching my damn lights out. You know, um and I kind of think, though that that day was all hectic and there was heat everywhere, it was I think that was a little bit honorable of Vince McMahon, even though he he screwed him, um, you know, and he did what he did uh, to go up there and take that shot and be like, you know, I I'll take it, man. Like it's it's what I, I you know, because again, it's not like they had bad blood at any point before that. You know, so it's kind of like they have this this friendship that goes back years. Like, it's like fuck, oh man! Like, I know I'm gonna get hit, but I kind of deserve it. you know?
1: Yeah, and then and as we wrap wrap up the the Montreal job, I mean, the next day on Raw's War, uh, Jim Ross interviewed – I don't know if, if this was actually part of the show, if this was like something outside the show, but Jim Ross interviewed Vince, and then uh, Vince said, um, "Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart, and he, and he can look in the mirror and and know that." So he's basically saying, "Look, I did what I did, but Bret Hart left me no fucking choice. Like I, I fucking had yeah. to. He, he was making it difficult. I tried everything else. I, it didn't work. So what was I supposed to do? I mean, I can't let him leave with a belt and then do what Medusa did, or like you know, let Eric Bischoff, you know, do this. So
0: yeah, who knows what Eric Bischoff would have done at that? You know, yeah. That's I mean, why it's like everybody. I feel everybody did have their um,
1: had their share.
0: They had none. They had their share of blame, but also like also you kind of sympathize with everybody because it's like there really is no right and wrong in here it's like yes everybody was wrong but also everybody was kind of justified in why and how they did it
1: exactly but uh after that uh the whole thing you know they've reconciled I, I think Brett and, and I don't know when Brent and Vince officially reconciled. I, I mean I know Brett was inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2006 but he still didn't appear on the show I'm not sure why some people say it's because you know they they didn't because he he thought that if if Bret Hart makes an appearance on the show, Vince is gonna make money off it and not pay him royalties. So maybe maybe that was it, or maybe he was still thinking about things. I know that Bret and HBK officially reconciled in 2010, and that same year, uh, Stu Hart was inducted in the Hall of Fame. But but after everything happened, you know, it's 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 in the past. Uh, everybody's on good terms now. I mean, at least I, I, I well, think, at least we I think he does. I mean, I, I'm am sorry.
0: Yeah. I think I would at least say they're cordial because. Like, you can still, like, even if you, like, see current-day interviews with Bret Hart, where he still kind of holds that, that. And I and I don't blame him, you know. He, it, his career went nowhere after that, you know. Unfortunately, he got injured by Goldberg. And so it was kind of like, that's what he's remembered for now, is a guy that got screwed now. You know, it's... So he does still hold... I, I can tell, like, you could see in the body language on his interviews that he's still kind of has some resentment and a grudge and you're always going to have that but I, I i believe that everyone can be cordial you know yeah. obviously they can they can do these big you know bring in the legends and have uh brett hart and Shawn michaels on the same show and and things like that you know um and they you know brett has been working with the wwe uh like doing documentaries and different things like that and toy lines and he's got the legends deal so like at least everything's a uh, business and and cordial you know yeah and I'm sure they're not uh, inviting each other over for Christmas dinner, you know. <laughs> no, I mean,
1: it's not, it's not a friendship. It's just, it's just business. I mean, I'm, yeah, that, that's what it is. I mean, they're both, you know, they're still, you know, they're providing for themselves. And, you know, you know, Bret Hart's, you know, providing for, you know, and Vince, they're, you know, for their grandchildren at this point. I mean, uh, I'm not sure how, how far HPK is at this point uh, as far as family. <laughs> but, uh, but the problem is they're providing for themselves. You know, they're, they're mentoring, you know, Bret and Vince are giving advice to the young wrestlers. Uh I'm HPK I believe is a trainer. I I think Brett probably trains occasionally. I'm not sure. I mean I mean if you if you look at Brett, I mean you can see uh, the down- I mean the toll that wrestling does to your body. I mean you can just I mean you you can just see how you know how he is now and it- and it's sad how his career ended, but but the Montreal screwdrop folks is one of the most controversial wrestling incidents, but keep in mind folks, it was it was not a work. The whole thing was absolutely 100% legitimate.
0: Yeah, man. And um I think I think everybody kind of learned from that now, you know. And a lot of it's people far, learned,
1: yeah. The whole thing is a learning lesson because you you you're taking to school, and you know, it's it's like the, it's like the Benoit documentary. I mean, it takes you to school, and you learn a lot of things that you didn't know.
0: Yeah, and it's like you 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 kind of come to the realization that again. And this is what I'm getting from a lot of these Dark Side of the Ring episodes is a lot of this stuff didn't have to happen. You know, it's like a lot of this could have been avoided and it didn't have to happen.
1: It's all a bunch of what ifs. Well, folks, that wraps it up for today. Chris, it was such an honor to speak with you. And like I said, I'm just so excited. I can't wait to speak to you again. So I'll talk to you later.
0: Thank you, Alex. For those, if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, it's at Rex Wrestles. R-E-X-W-R-E-S-T-L-E-S.